Welcome back, gentlemen. Week five, Gentlemen's League, morning after podcast, episode three, season one. We got Swanee's on the line. What's going on? We got Sam C here as well. Hello, hello, hello. Boys, we got a lot planned tonight. It's tonight already. It's already 8 p.m. It's been about 24 hours since uh, golf really got done last night. And to be honest with you, it's just been a hectic 24 hours. So that's why we're recording a little bit late. Uh, apologies to all of our uh, our loyal lot, listeners out there. A lot to digest, so we needed to take the time <laughs> for the proper approach. A lot to digest, exactly. Um, so we got a lot planned. We got a lot of listener voicemails to get to this week. So without further ado, boys, let's get right into the matches. Um, Swanee, why don't you lead us off if you got the results up with uh, – let's go over that first match. Yeah, his first match is Holy Spokes of John Taylor, who I have – Honestly, I have no idea who that is. Is that a new player? Anybody know? I think that's a first-time sub right there. Say, crack, yeah, welcome I, to the league, John. Yep, welcome, John. Zero John handicap, team. zero handic, probational handicap of zero shooting a forty-four. That's tough. Do you think to his, see. Do you think his? Do you think he has a second last name? Is it Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Do you think that's him by chance? I mean, or, you guys might be a little young for that. Where I whoa. know, I know, I'm that, I'm that age, but uh, of tool time fame, JTT baby. I was just recognizing the double first team oh, first, okay. but but yeah, you know, coming in as a probational handicap, so you get zero strokes and shooting a forty-four is tough. But I'm sure he'll uh, figure it out once he gets a couple of rounds under his belt. He'll be a maybe a permanent addition to Holy Smokes. I think you got to give a lot of credit to Ace, Andrew Carlson. He's AC played there. very well, wow. very well. Thirty um, and he's getting six. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, they played the Blind Squirrels, Mike Berger, Kevin Weber, and then there was a halved match. Nothing really crazy happened besides uh, we had a net one on hole two. A par, a par from an 11 handicap on hole two is impressive. That's nice. Well done, Mike Berger. Nice, nice, uh, nice par on two. The back, on the back, back nine for the Holy Smokes, Blind Squirrels. Let's see. We had the Holy Smokes uh, winning two up. Um, looks much in part to uh, well, they both played pretty well. BJ and Chad Berger both played well. Um, I mean, good golf there. You got a net net two under twenty eight beats a net thirty. That's pretty good. Good, good yeah. scores there. Nothing saying yeah, nothing really stands out to that one. Good match though. Moving on to Coach Al and Happy Hookers on the front nine. Wow, there was. I heard uh, I heard that, Al that yell four a couple times. I don't know what you guys. I yelled, I heard Al yell four a couple times. I, I mean, I don't doubt it. Um, I I heard Al yell four while picking up his tee and walking away. Not even watch. He, he not just even watch. knew. He, he didn't even watch. He just knew it was headed for someone's noggin. So there's a there's another podcast that calls it tour sauce when you pick up your tee before the ball lands. So what are we calling that where you yell four before the ball is even close to them? I mean, everyone has their own definition of tour sauce. So maybe that's, that, just, that's just Al. Is that gentleman sauce? Yeah, that's like that, yeah. <laughs> Monday night sauce. <laughs> Al, I mean, the problem with this matchup, it looks like they, they only lost one down, but Al, Al had a seven handicap cap shot 40, which is 13 over. You're not going to, not going to win many matches doing that. Um, his, his uh, partner though played right to his handicap, which kept him in there for the most part. Yeah. Well, this is 
I'm I'm saying Tom Rooney might be one of the most dangerous players in this league right now. I watched him play a few holes last week, and I watched him tee off on hole one last night. So with the nine handicap, getting a stroke on every hole, he starts on hole one, two, and three, par, 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 that's, which is net birdies for the first three holes. That's not many that's normal golfers good do that. Start. Yeah. That's great. That's a great start. Par on one and two does not happen very often out of the gate. But no. that happy and, hookers team finished net hole in one, net par, net birdie, net birdie. So good night. Yeah, two strokes for David Randall on uh, hole five, and he definitely took advantage of those. Yep. Three for one. Happy Hookers won that match 5 4. Uh, moving to the backside, uh, Tommy Durkin and Pat Runner for Coach Alvers, Derek Metzger and Randy Earl, Big Randy. Um, it looks like, wow, the Big Randy and uh, Derek Metzger won 6 3 over the commish. Wow. Very. Very interesting that this happened, you know, a week or so after handicap controversy. And <laughs> I don't think it lined. I don't think there's a coincidence there, but just something worth pointing out. We'll let you draw your own conclusion. <laughs> Maybe a voicemail. Maybe send in a voicemail about it. Man, so there was some good golf though. Everyone played to their handicap pretty well there. Although Randy at a 12 shot nine over, which is really good. Um, the next match is, well, we'll, we'll finish with this next match. So we'll, we'll jump over this next one and we'll go two down to, uh, the, the back nine between wooden peg, the first place team and Swanee's LLC, the second place team, obviously I'm on Swanee's and, uh, Sam and Andy are on wooden peg, but this was the Sam Carlson, Matt Greer versus Jordan Hangel, Sam Swanson match, which was pretty much back and forth the whole way. There's some decent golf played all around. Um, yeah, but- very, very tightly contested match. A lot of back and forth. Honestly, um, the only difference was my chip and birdie on 17. Other yeah. than that, it was basically back and forth. A little deuce for yeah. an Uno there on 17. Yeah. At least have the match for you. And then obviously, if you par 18, you're going to win one up. But guaranteed a half point, as they say. And I'll ask your opinion, Swanee, uh, as a spectator in the group. You saw my tee shot on 10. And you shot you saw it. Jordan Hagel's tee shot on 16. Whose was worse? Uh, well, you know, just pairing a ball to ball, Jordan's was worse. But level skill level, your skill level is much better than his, and so I have to say that yours was by far the worst. <laughs> we yeah, had there's there's go ahead. <laughs> well, there's yeah, there's something embarrassing about being short of the fairway on a par three. And you have to take your rangefinder out just to hit the yardage. There was two different tee shots in our group last night that had to take the rangefinder out on the second shot. Keep in mind, <laughs> these are all par threes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, although Sam, Sam C was flag hunting yesterday, he almost nearly dunked it on 15. Right over the top. Nice. Um, moving down. Oh, that match was Swanee's LLC 5-4 five, five to four over Woodpeg. Um, scrape it versus P90-ish. Jeremy Wong and Corey versus uh, Jason Ash and Paul Offler. This is the match. Oh, that won f- this is the match that won wow. five for Swanee's. Wow. Swanee's beat Winnipeg one up. Just to clarify, scrape it beat P ninety Ash five and four in the front nine. Look at these net um, scores. <laughs> scrape it starts no. off net hole one net eagle. Oh no, sorry, net birdie, net birdie, net birdie, net hole one. <laughs> For a total net of 20. 
They parred out they, net. I mean, they really, they oh, really quieted off. My gosh! Holes. And the, the fact that they only won two up is incredible. I know. They were up five in the first five holes. Well, Paul Waffler's a thirty-four, and he got he gets nine shots, so that's pretty good. Oh, and then man. him and Jason get seven. That's, that's really honestly, ham and egg. Honestly, what a battle to come back from that to only lose two down two. Yeah, that's amazing. Net twenty versus net twenty-three. Corey. Corey Jacklish had a two net home ones and a net, or, or then three net birdies on his round. I take it back. Tom Rooney is not the most dangerous. Corey Jacklish <laughs> is the most dangerous golfer in gentlemen's league this yeah. year. I think yeah, the most dangerous of... one is on the podcast right now, but we'll get to that. Well, well. <laughs> um, the next match between Scrape and P90Ash on the backside is Sam Eccles, Jordan Ash versus Tony and Trent Ryder, the brothers. Oh, too bad. We missed a missed opportunity here. Could have been the Riders versus the Ashes, but yeah, well, that was a missed opportunity there for sure. Um, it looks like scrape it or P ninety Ash one five four on the back nine. Uh, no one. Another, uh, yep. Yep. One one up. Five, four, yep. Uh, not much happened. Just pretty much back and forth again, similar to look Sam at, and Rice match. Look at Jordy and Eccles ham and egging it though. They go net birdie with Jordy making a three on seventeen. And then Eccles goes net th- net two or, or pars eighteen for net two, and they win one up. I mean, that's just partner golf. That's finishing a round of golf right there as a team. That is partner golf. All right, I'll set it up here, but let's get back to the last match um, of the night, which was Winnipeg Andy Paulson and Luke Carlson versus Swanee's uh, Kelsey Johnson and Zach Coffin. This will kind of take over a bulk of the show. Um, to be honest, Zach and uh, Zach Hoffman played really well. KJ played yeah. mediocre. Um, good enough, though, to most times probably at least have a match if not win one. Um, but when you run into a smooth 22, gross, keep in mind, five under, course record, Andy Paulson. That's just all she wrote. Not to mention you started off with a bogey. Let me read these scores out to you. These are all par threes. We start with a four, three, two, three, and then we go two, 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 two for a total of two, honey, 22. So there's, what, that's seven twos in a row? On, six, on six, 22? Five, five, two, six twos in, on six, 22. Six birds. Conspiracy, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but that was, I mean, <laughs> I'll let you get into it, Andy. You're but not or you are? I'm not, but something's up. It was a good night. It's had it going. For those of you who don't know, the, the the front nine record was a 23 four under, held by Sam Carlson, nonetheless. The back nine was also four under, but Andy Paulson broke it last night with a bogey shooting 22. Unbelievable. Sam, Sam Carlson, what did when when you heard of the deuce deuce that was shot? What was were you were you disappointed? Were you in awe? Like what was your what was your first instinct? So at first, because Swanee had received a text as you were going into hole nine saying you were four under. And I thought, wow, Andy's going to tie 23. And honestly, not surprised because you've been playing very, very good golf lately. Mm-hmm. So I kind of saw that coming. That That's not a surprise. But as I was walking up 18 then, and you guys were watching this finish, and I get word that you somehow got to five under, 
that I could not believe that one. It kind of hurts to lose the record, but I would much rather uh, see it go go to someone like Andy, especially in a round like that, yeah. um, than anyone else. Sure. We used to say that the twenty the twenty three would probably never be beat unless someone had a hole in one. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, I think it had to be someone like Andy who plays that course all the time and is and is good on the caliber of golfer that he is, but. I think I can honestly say 22 will never be. It might be tied. It, oh, unless you do it, Andy, it'll never be beat. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I didn't think that 23 would be touched unless there was a hole in one. And especially if, especially not what if the there fuck? was a bogey on the scorecard. The fact right. that there was a bogey on the <laughs> scorecard and you were able to make six more birdies in the remaining eight holes is just incredible. Mm-hmm. You were you were even par going into five, four. Oh yes, birdie, four. Birdie three. But you, you bogeyed one. You were even par going into four, and you finished five under on nine holes. Yep. I I was thinking about this today. If you put, if you put the let's say the U.S. Open field, full field, on this on that course, how many guys do you think would shoot twenty two, and do you think anyone would shoot twenty one? That's some great tent right there. I mean, how much is Jim Lake's front nine like course knowledge though? You guys have played there. Well, that's what I mean. Let's say, let's say they don't get any. Well, they're gonna get you know they're gonna the they're course, gonna get yeah. three birdies pretty easy. I bet. Right. Someone's making a hold one with a couple birdies. So I I bet you it gets tied by three four people, but I don't I don't see anybody shooting twenty one. So yeah. this was an idea I had. This is an idea that I've actually had for a little while. I've always wanted to see gem or the some of the best golfers in Minnesota go play gem in an event. Play it as an event where the goal is to go as low as possible. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to try to organize this. Reach out to former state champs, former state am, a lot of local pros, anyone kind of around the Twin Cities area, uh, whether they play gem lake or not, but get them out for an event and just say, "Hey, the number's 22. Let's see if you how close you can get." You could even do 18 and see if they could match the back. Right. Yeah. And and maybe maybe get uh, – I think this was a wooden peg idea as well uh, that Luke had, but getting uh, maybe the largest hole-in-one contest going on hole 18 as well. If you could combine those events where everyone's shooting for uh, 22 on the front and everyone's looking for aces uh, on the last hole, everyone gathers around under the lights, I think that would be quite the event. You know – I know a company that might help in assisting setting that up. So <laughs> I think that's an awesome idea. Is it time for our ad, ad break? Is that what you're saying, Swanee? Yeah. You got the pre-recorded commercials queued oh, up. You know what? I forgot. Our sponsor that's not a sponsor didn't send it to me this week. So unfortunately, Swanee's LLC, Swanee'sco.com, or Swanee's.co, I should say. Um, unfortunately, I can't give them a shout out you know, to Swanee's.co. Do you think we're going to get a sponsorship for um, the sock company that you were rocking last night? (laughs) If Lululemon sponsors us, guys, uh, sure. I mean, that'd be great. Um, High socks, low scores. High socks, low scores. I'm going to have to make some T-shirts. Guys are willing. Listener support. That's all we need. Get some T-shirts rolling. Maybe, Oh, get T-shirts. Let's get some socks going. You know, that's something that's possible. We'll work on it. Yeah. We know a guy that makes clothes, right? We do. And before we get off this match specifically, we did want to point out um, that it looks like 
KJ Johnson lost to Andy Paulson. KJ was a four handicap lost to Andy by 14 strokes last night. <laughs> he, he wanted me to point that out. So I just did it for him. But... Poor KJ. Oh man. I just, Andy, that's, inc- I played a lot of golf with you and I feel like you were always under every time you, you play, you get better. I don't know how you need to be going back on tour because I think you're peaking in your mid thirties. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just peaking for the senior tour when I'm 50. We played Delwood last weekend and he shot five under and he left probably five strokes out there and it was ridiculous. So it's been a good week. Let's just say week. That. You shot like a 24, like three <laughs> weeks ago. That's true. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Like I, to be honest with you guys, like the, this may get too, too personal, but like for me, like the whole quarantine stuff, like getting out and playing golf is such like a, it's not just a thing anymore. You know what I mean? Like going out there and truly enjoying it. Cause it's, you know, we didn't have it in March or, or April really. So for me, it's right. like, obviously playing well makes it more fun. And like, you know, Delwood, we got to take those little, little like motorcycle things that makes it really fun too. But I don't know. Well, I, don't, I don't know about you guys. What, what's your thoughts on that? Like golf seems so much more fun this year. It's more, it's, I don't, yeah, it's like it's more sacred, you know what I mean? Because it's like the one mm-hmm. thing that we could do for a while. and Right. I don't know. I agree. Yeah, it's like, it's like kind of all we have at this point. You know, I have any other things yeah, going on. I feel like I've prioritized it a little bit more this year of, you know, wanting wanting to get out and, and like actually well, making some tea times. I feel the same way as you, Andy, but my scores did not reflect the same way that yours do. So <laughs> yeah, I, we, I think we're not I did shooting 22s, wrong. though. <laughs> uh, so – to to stay on the subject just a little bit longer, um, rather than just have Andy keep talking about his own round, I figured let's ask him some questions. Uh, I prepared a handful here. Andy doesn't know these questions, so um, he has no no scripted answers. Um, but I just want to get his gut reaction uh, to last night's round. So, first question: Where'd uh, you hit it on one? <laughs> Go shot by shot. So, so we'll condense it to your best shot and your worst shot of the round last night. Mm, good question. Um, best shot was, I'd say my my tee ball on number eight. You know, I was three under, knowing that if I birdied the last two, I'd have you know obviously have the record or have a good good shot if I birdied eight to to get a shot at the record. Um, I hit a, I hit an eight iron on the eighth hole to i mean it never left the flag it was probably the best shot of the day like landed and just was just a few feet away so that was and that's like the setup shot right so it's like if i didn't make birdie there i only the best i could have done is well i technically could have had a hole in one to beat it right but the best you i really can. could have done was to tie the record so i would say that was probably the most critical shot and the best shot i hit um the worst shot was the first hole uh, K- kj and hoff think i shanked it but I teed up on the right side of the tee box thinking I was going to play like a fade into the pin. And if you ever, <laughs> if you've ever seen the first hole at Jim Lake, which we all have, that tree is getting pretty, uh, it's pretty large and it overhangs it's the tight. fairway by about half of the fairway. So it was one of those shots where it's like, I didn't fade it. I tried, it was like more of a draw and just went, clanked it like right into the tree. It was like one of those, as they say, groove low on the face. And it went, I don't know, maybe a hundred yards. So um that was obviously my worst shot think about that if you're and my teammates are talking about this they see you hit that tee shot very first shot of the day and they're thinking my god <laughs> we're gonna kill them tonight <laughs> and then you go and fire a 22 
Yep. <laughs> so I, it's I a terrible game. It's a I terrible game. Back here to your best shot. You said you're standing on eight tee box, and your thought process is, if I birdie the next two, I'm going to break the course record. I, I say about it. I stand so, up there and I'm thinking if I bogey bogey, I'll get two over. <laughs> that's the difference. That's the difference between you and Andy Swan. I'm lucky I get two birdies a year. You're thinking if I birdie the next two, I'm gonna break the course record. Yeah. <laughs> so Andy, my, my next question on here, and that's a good segue in, was when during the round did you realize you had a chance, a realistic chance at the record? Yeah, it it is after seven. Yeah. Like I birdied three to get back to even, and then on four I missed like a like kind of a side hill, you know, big breaking like eight footer, and I was like, yeah, you know, it's one of those. It's a, I just missed it, so it'd been nice to go in, but and then on five I made like a long putt, and I was only one under, right? So at that point you're like, yeah, I might shoot a couple under here, but then I made like another long, not longish one on six. I made a short one on seven, and I'm three under. And that's when I first thought about it, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, nice. yeah, you've already the last five, so it's not right. like you could start thinking about it too early. Yeah, not like I was like four under through five holes. That would be a different, you know, that would be a different story. We're kind of just hanging on, you know. What was your right. previous low on the front nine? I, I had tied the record last last year at some point. We were, I was, we were trying to figure that out when that was, but. I had a 23 at some point. It might I don't think it was this year. It was last, it was last summer. Some was there any bogeys in that round? Nope. And I think that was, I had a putt. No, I, no, I never, I never shot 23. I had a 24. That was this year. I had a putt to tie the record. That's what it was. Incredible. Um, next question. You are a former high school state champ and you've also won Minnesota state am. Where does, yeah. Where does uh, last night's round rank compared to some of the all-time greats for you it's up there uh i think it's it's a little different i guess where it's like you know i've been playing gem lake since i was i think there's a picture of me out there when i was about 18 months old swinging a golf club so i mean it's fun to have a i don't have any other course records anywhere either so it's fun to say i have a course record somewhere especially being gem lake being the home course so um it's up i would say until last night too Took you from his best moment. <laughs> yeah, I hate you. <laughs> but isn't that on like the Sandlot where where Babe Ruth and says like records are meant to be broken or you know some shit like that? Um, yeah, I, it's top. I'd say top like three golf moments for sure. That's awesome. Um, so if you could describe last night's round in one word, what would that word be? Ooh. Um. I'd say easy. It felt easy to me. Like just kind of hit the hit the ball at the pin and the putt went in. You know, it just it's a, it's like what golf is dreamt to be. It's you tee it up, aim at the flag, and it goes at the flag. It goes the right yardage, and your putt goes in. Like it just seemed kind of easy. Like you hear people on like the the tour and the golf channel and everyone talk about like you kind of like black you black out. Like I felt like that to a certain extent. And it's not because I had, you know, 17 Coors Lights on the course yesterday. It was just, you just kind of black out. Like, you just keep it going. So, I, so how I many will putts say, did you have? What's up? How many putts did you have? I had... Like 11? 2, 4, 5, 6, 7, 
That's not a lot of putts. A two putted two holes. Number one and number two. Number three. Must have had 13 putts. Yeah. I, I was going to say, holes, no. when, when I shot my 23, I described it as easy as well. It yeah. just, it, you're not really thinking, it's just every shot just kind of was working out the way you wanted it to. And Sam, you were very close to a 22, though, on that round, weren't you? I, on the, on the hole nine, my chip hit the flag stick for, and then rattled out. Jeez. That's, see, that's the thing, is like the mentality of that is 22 is that touchable. Like, I don't know. You have, you have to have an ace. I, I don't think anyone else can do it without an ace. We'll see. All right, those are my All questions. Right. Let's uh let's segue into our uh, we have a bunch of listener voicemails. We appreciate the support, everybody. We've got some listener voicemails. Uh, Swanee, I think you're gonna try to play them into the headset here. So let's make let's let's hope this works. So why don't you lead off go. with our first one? Hey, this is uh, Paul Leffler calling in. I thought there were excellent observations by uh, by Mr. Renner last week about the, uh, the ask of our opponents to have us put all of our putts in, and which begs a question and probably is a great debate, which is when do you, uh, when do you uh, forego the putt and allow the opponent to simply uh, take that stroke or, or not? So uh, look forward to any banter from uh, this week's analysis and uh, so the question was basically, when do, you, when do you give a gimme? Yeah, when is a gimme a gimme? I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on this because oh. you guys are obviously on the same team. And you guys obviously the, are probably the four, you know, five of the six best golfers in the league. So your guys aren't really worried about when you're not given a three-footer or two-footer, but everyone else might stress out a little bit about it. It's a, it's... My... Go ahead, Sam. You go, Andy. Uh, I was going to say my personal, my personal philosophy on the gimmies is I need to see you make it at least once before I start giving them. If, if you have a little bit of a tickler on the first hole, you know, to, to maybe have the hole or something, I'm, I want to see you make that. I want to see you put that at the bottom of the cup. If I see you do that, I'm going to be a lot quicker to, you know, say scrape it back on hole five when you have a two, three footer. But if I've already seen you miss, maybe brush the edge, say, I got, I got to see you make those or else I'm just giving you strokes. I'm on the other side of that. I think I've always been like playing match play tournaments growing up and stuff. Like on the first hole, you kind of, if it's in between, like, "Eh, I should probably give it to him. You give it to him. But when it comes to like, you're on the back nine or your last few holes, like you definitely making them put it. So it's kind of that reverse psychology of like, Oh, he's giving these to me. And then on, you know, number 15, mm. let's say they're like, Oh, why, why didn't he give this to me? Then he goes up there and he's not had a three footer all day or had a two footer all day. Um, That's interesting. I, your, your philosophy seems much friendlier at first, but it's probably yeah. way more savage. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. At the end, for sure. This obviously um, only matters for putts that are to tie or have a, or tie yeah, or I, win a hole. Oh, I think if it's to win a hole and it's, and it's, um, it's like, in, you know, it's like not a foot or six inches. I think they should put it. I mean, that seems like the kind of the gentleman thing to do is like kind of earn that win, earn that point. 
Yeah, there's a fine balance between because it is a gentleman's league. But there's a lot. There is, you know, there's some pride in winning on the line, so you still want to keep them honest. Yeah, I kind of, I think, yeah, I'm kind of actually, I think in your spot, Andy. I, I don't know if it's strategy or just not really caring right out of the gate, but if it's tight, I'm not going to make them put it usually right out of the gate. Yeah, sure. All right, let's I, move I, on. I let's see. What's the next one? Uh, let's see. On the way home tonight, I was uh, reflecting in the car by round today, all around today, and man, was it one for the uh, ages. Drew P barely could get it up and off the first team, resulting in a bogey. And KJ and I were talking about, wow, we might actually have a chance uh, this round. But then Drew P proceeded to get it up and wrote that thing to a course record tonight. <laughs> Again, I want to thank and congratulate Andy Paulson. What a round. Course record. Congratulations, Andy. Thanks, so, Bob. That's before, like we, Bob, before, Bob, before we get into it, yeah, I kind of want to hit on that. Just keep in mind for people that are calling in, we have thousands of listeners, so they don't know all the voices. <laughs> Make sure you identify yourself before you... Uh, start talking or you can be anonymous too if you want though I right correct right. i think I don't we've got some anonymous i think we've got some anonymous voicemails tonight i don't I, yeah i think I, I think we all know that was z hoffman well we yeah. do not you know we not yeah, our, true not our most of our listeners don't know who that is thanks for the, thanks for the help and support hoff it was, it was really a pleasure beating you last night that's for sure i can't blame you there's not much else to say there i think that was that was definitely just a shout out to andy so yeah I'll jump on to the next one here. What's the this next is one? kind of quick. <laughs> I'd like to report a murder. Uh, location, Jim Lake Hills, Ninth Green. Victim, Zach Hoffman, and KJ Kelsey Johnson. There was no survivors. Please come ASAP. So did Zach call in before the murder? or <laughs> It must have been before. Again, he was reflecting on the round on the ninth green, probably, and somehow he was. Yeah, you know. we just got to make sure you identify yourself when you call in. <laughs> maybe maybe the guy, the witness of the murder, didn't want to be identified. Did the cops show up last night, or was there no? Did they not come? I didn't see them. But I was sitting in the back patio. I don't know. Maybe they didn't find the body. It's probably buried on seventh green. <laughs> this is turning into a. This is going to turn into a crime podcast. <laughs> they didn't. Right. They didn't find the body. Um, we'll roll on to the next one. Not really. So, uh, I had a question uh, for the guys here on hole 17. If your ball is on the cart path, where should I take relief from? Standing out here right now, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> do you think they? Do you think he's still out there? He might be. He's I like, think he's <laughs> still walking. Walking, trying to find the uh, the nearest relief. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a hotline, you guys. This is these are late. <laughs> I hope he does. I hope he knows that. But these are the, these are call. the people that are calling the PGA Tour for rules and fractions. I bet same. We've got the same crew calling our our podcast now. For See, he uses Lifeline to call the podcast. <laughs> In all seriousness, we can hit, talk about that one. It was Matt Greer who the pin on seventeen was, I don't know six steps off the back mm -hmm. or back middle, he landed on the green in a trampoline. He landed like eight into the pin and a trampoline onto the car path directly behind the flags. For those of you that don't know, the car path is like a gravel path and there's not really anywhere to 
there's no relief there anywhere. Um, so he, he chose to um, use a little hybrid putter. I like it. It's like it's like the road hole. It's like it's like St. Andrews out there. You just kind of have to accept that's what it is, and it's just really challenging. That could be a local rule, actually, at Jim Lake. Is the cart path, is they call it, like, uh, part of the course, or they, I don't know what the exact term is, but, like, you don't get a drop from it. Bad luck. He played it very well, and I think he played it the way he should have. If he was going to take relief, he would have to go a long ways away. Yeah. All right, next one. Uh, I'm not sure what happened on that one. I think someone six, was... six twos on that... six twenty two. That sounded like someone had a couple of cocktails last night. <laughs> Might have been a couple of cocktails. It sounds like a lot of immediate post round reactions with these voicemails. I love it. I love I love it. It's like it's like we recorded the banter. It's it's fantastic actually. This one, I, I think I've pre-screened this one. It's a little hard to understand, but I think we know what was said. So we'll, we'll listen, understand it's going to be choppy, but we'll let you know what he said. And uh, I think it's a very important public service announcement. Straight up stop, he says. So Just stop. For those of you who couldn't hear it, that was the commish calling in mid round because he was so frustrated that there was sunflower seeds being spit on the greens. Yeah. But no, not even, apparently, if we're just going to go by his word, it's not even the spitting. Just if you're chewing sunflower seeds on the course, stop. So we're, we're, we're cancel culturing sunflower seeds now? <laughs> sunflower seeds, stop. All right. To wow. go next, next step further. What flavor sunflower seeds for you guys? What's your, what's your Ooh, choice? I mean, barbecue. BBQ? Yeah. Is it a brand or just barbecue in general? Because like for me, it's it's um it's the ranch by. I think oh yeah, it, it, ranch it, is good um, too. Is it David's? I can't remember. I, that's how, how much I. Yeah. David's. It's it's I like David's ranch, like it's Hidden good. Valley, old school, yeah. delicious. I like Giants Classic too, though. That's nice. I agree. That's that's. A, that's you guys, nice do, do you guys even like? Go for the actual seed or just for the flavor or the salt? Oh, you go for the seed. Okay. Oh, I get it. You're supposed to, what, but sometimes. What kind of psychopath are you? I just love ranch. Just suck on ranch. <laughs> just sucking on some ranch seeds. Just got, just got ranch in my back pocket just in case that, you know, a uh, softball breaks out. Softball season is here, so I'm excited <laughs> for that with sunflower seeds. Uh, the last voicemail here, I don't know if we want to cue it up a little before. Or if we want to hit the voicemail first and then talk about it, what do you guys think? Voicemail it. Let's keep it rolling here. All right. This next one is from, I believe, Kelsey KJ Johnson. I think I thought he was murdered. Oh, that's right. This must have been another pre uh, pre round pre pre <laughs> pre, uh, pre murder. What time? I thought he was murdered. Do we do we have a timestamp on that murder call? We could. I mean, I could have been. Oh, we late. could have. We could have. All right. Here we go. Hey boys, KJ here, long time listener, first time caller on the pod. Uh, Thanks for the support. Appreciate that, KJ. Hagel uh, and I walking up the course to go congratulate Andy on his front night in dominance and realize we had to deal with Hagel's flat tire. Being highly mechanical, we made a very quick work of taking the bolts off the tire and uh, doing everything we could to dislodge it. Uh, highly rusted, highly pressured on the wheel, called a 
my old buddy from the emergency vehicle maintenance union. Uh, 40 years, he had never seen a tire put on that tightly. But given the tightness, said that the extreme force Hagel and I already put on the tire was more force than he'd ever seen a human put on. Uh, he couldn't do it. Swanee and Hoff tried to help. They were useless. Swanee's dad came with WD-40, and that is how we were able to break the tire free. So let's just let's just comment about how he said him and Hagel are highly mechanical. That, that's that's debatable. Further that has further. to be debatable. Well, he also said his tire was bolted on. So, <laughs> I mean, there's the first red flag. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm no scientist, but that might have been the issue. Um, so, do we want to go into a little background of the situation? Just go into a quick. Just go into I, the background. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So, Jordan Jordan Hagel is a team member of mine. Um, Came in, got to golf with the flat tire, so they were going to fix it after the round. Well, you know, obviously, it doesn't take six people to change a tire, so KJ went over there to help him out while Zach and I enjoyed our cocktail. It was 30 minutes later, we go out there, and they're still monkeying around with the tire. It's still not even off. So, obviously, they're very, they're very frustrated and told us that they've tried kicking it. They tried, I think they said Randy even tried pulling it off. Like four people tried pulling it off, and it was completely stuck. Um, they insisted that they were going to just try to patch it with glue and try to drive away, and or or gum or gum. I think I think KJ highly mechanical KJ even tried spitting on it once, and that's not a lie. The other mechanical um, people out there were just inflating it. And you could hear the air coming out of the tire. There was more air. Work. Air was coming out faster than it was going in. Um, but they said that there's no chance it was coming off. They basically said it was like a Thor's hammer. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> I I finally convinced them to let us try Zach and I try pulling it off one time and they finally jumped they finally jacked it back up and I put so much force thinking I was going to have all the resistance in the world that I fell over when trying to pull it off because it was like a hot dog down a hallway there was zero resistance <laughs> it came right off hot dog in a hallway <laughs> I, I don't even know what that means I don't think you want to know what it means <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. The that's best part is you said you fell over. You were. You were I like, fell. I'm back. not kidding. So I wish I was. Did you a story? And I'm not. It was. Did you did you fall over on your butt and your back? So I got down into a strategic position, thinking I was going to have to pull. Like you know, I'm pulling a 747 across the runway, <laughs> and so I was sitting on my butt, like straddling it, and I you know I gripped it as tight as I could, and then pulled. And it literally just flew right off, nearly hit me in the head. How do we not have this? Should, we should start a vlog. This should be a vlog now, as they say. Yeah. This needs to be on video. What What are we doing? Like, that's 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 got to be this, at least a thousand. This needs America to be like TMZ. YouTube. And it was the nice, <laughs> we need TMZ. And it was the nicest car in the parking lot too. And then it gets put with a donut tire on it. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, last night was just just an epic night. There's just there's so, so much, much content, so much content for the pod. It's great. Oh, that's good. Well, we've uh, we've hit all the voicemails. We've summed up the rounds. Uh, what else, guys? Oh, I wanted to apologize for last. I think it was two weeks ago. Um, we were and during our round. I, I think it was Jeremy. Um, I was playing against him, and on the 18, 
I hit a shot um, on the green. I had like a 10 foot putt that meant something. And his ball marker was in my way or so I thought. I had a right to left putt. I had him move his ball marker to the left mm-hmm. after a long, like after, you know, a little bit of looking at the putt. So it's kind of a delay. I made him go move it one to the left. I hit my putt left of his ball marker and still missed on the high side. So I just <laughs> felt like total idiot. Um, so I just wanted to give a little apology for making him do that. So what you're trying to say is like, I'm not, I don't have 2020 vision. Sorry, Jeremy, for my vision. Or No, I don't. I actually have 2015. So that's not oh, works. So you don't have 2020 vision. You have 2015 vision. Must be nice. Must be Hashtag nice. Dr. David Whiting. <laughs> Maybe a maybe a potential sponsor of the pod. Maybe they're just slowly forming into the the Power Trip Morning Show. Yeah, Speaking of existence, this is just we're gonna give shoutouts like every other business on sixty one looking for looking for support. Oh, one other thing is Andy was so excited about his round and he's so confident in himself that he went out and bought a new car today. <laughs> new to me, it's not because if if many of you know, uh, well, not many of. Some of you know I've had a white Malibu. I call it the sports car since, since the old professional golf tour days. That was uh, it was new then, but not new anymore. So it, Seen needed, it's time. it needed an upgrade. So off the sports car went, and in the uh, into the small SUV world I went. So hashtag dad life. Um, what else, guys? Anything else? What's what? What do we got on tap for next week? Nothing. Well, uh, I don't- I don't know if we're going to hit it next week, but when are we going to get into the, I know a lot of people are curious about the history that we'd kind of teased them the oh, first history episode. Oh, that's a good one. We could do that next week. How about that? We'll plan on that next week. We'll get into the history a little bit um, of Gem Lake and kind of the, the Gem Lake community back in the early 1900s. Um, so we'll kind of tease that for next week and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up tonight. This is the longest pod so far they keep getting better i feel like when it comes to content so thanks for the listener voicemails thanks to the sams out there swanee and sam c um what else and that's i think we'll wrap it up boys high socks low scores yeah yep let's get some socks made and uh i don't know should we do we do we should we say play hard play well play fast or should we just say high socks low scores i mean it might I think be a high socks low scores it was too unique not to use. <laughs> High socks, low scores, boys. Cheers. We'll uh, we'll talk next week. Later. Oh, thank you.